KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Good morning. I'm Matt Hoffman. In for Debbie Cruz, it's Thursday, September 28th. A lawsuit is demanding the military help service members discriminated against over their sexual orientation. More on that next, but first, let's get to the headlines. A new real estate report says San Diego is the seventh most expensive city in the U.S. for renters, and don't I know about that. According to this report, the median rental price for a one-bedroom apartment in San Diego is nearly $2,500 a month. A two-bedroom is just over $3,250. Lucinda Lilly is the past president of the Southern California Rental Housing Association. She says she's noticing that rental prices are actually leveling off. The rents are not increasing at the rate that they were increasing last year and the year before. Um, what I'm seeing is that, that people have kind of caught up a little bit. Even though prices are much higher than before the pandemic, the Zumper report says year-over-year rental prices are down 5 to 6 percent. Get ready to get a little bit of relief on your SDG&E bills. The utility's residential customers are going to see an almost $61 credit, and that will be on your October billing statement. This credit comes from the state's cap-and-trade program. It requires power plants and large industrial facilities that emit greenhouse gases to buy carbon pollution permits. You don't need to do anything extra to get the credit. Seniors with certain Medicare plans will soon have to find different doctors through Scripps Health. Doctors with Scripps Clinic and Scripps Coastal Medical Groups will no longer be in-network for individual Medicare Advantage plans starting next year. In a statement to KPBS, Scripps said the revenue from those plans doesn't cover the cost of patient care. Around 32,000 San Diego County patients will be affected by this change. Both medical groups will continue to accept original Medicare plans. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stick with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Before 2011, tens of thousands of service members were forced out of the military. It was because of their sexual orientation, many with so-called bad paper discharges. Now the Pentagon says it will proactively fix some of them, but a new lawsuit insists that they do more. Military reporter Andrew Dyer has more. Before 1994, gay, lesbian, and bisexual people were barred from the military. Then, from 1994 until 2011, a policy called Don't Ask, Don't Tell allowed them to serve, as long as nobody knew their sexual orientation. 
All told, since 1980, almost 33,000 people were separated from the military under those policies. On September 20th, the 12th anniversary of the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, the Pentagon announced it will begin proactively upgrading the discharge codes of those separated under that policy. However, it doesn't help more than 20,000 people who were tossed out of the military before 1994 when Don't Ask, Don't Tell took effect. A new federal lawsuit filed in California seeks to address that. For me, I went into the Marine Corps going, hey, I want to be a Marine. That's really what I want to do. Jules Son, a plaintiff in the lawsuit, was commissioned as a second lieutenant in the Marine Corps in 1999. She says she knew that as a member of the LGBTQ community under Don't Ask, Don't Tell, she'd have to live in the closet. I could have my personal life and my Marine Corps life. And so this is my idealistic self at, in my early 20s thinking I could do that. After a tour in Iraq in 2005, Son left active duty. She was approached by activists with the Service Members Legal Defense Fund to talk about serving under the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy. She says her decision to share her story is what sparked an investigation into her, even though she was in the inactive ready reserve. Son was discharged in 2008. Although it was an honorable discharge, it was involuntary, which she sees as a black mark on her military record. Uh, how do you explain that to people, right? It's like kind of awkward because they're like, oh, is it a dishonorable discharge? And you're like, no, it's an honorable discharge that's involuntary and they don't understand what that means. Elizabeth Kristen is an attorney who specializes in gender equity and LGBTQ rights. She says service members' discharge papers include outdated and discriminatory language. It says to me shocking things on it. You know, it says homosexual admission. It says homosexual conduct. It says attempt to engage in homosexual conduct, attempt to engage in same-sex marriage. This language appears at the bottom of people's DD-214s, the document veterans submit for VA benefits and to qualify for veteran preferences when applying to federal jobs. Kristen says veterans can petition on a case-by-case basis to have their discharges amended, but the process often requires legal help, so many never do. San Diego attorney Melissa Johnson enlisted in the Air Force when she was just 17 and excelled, even joining an Air Force women's softball team and competing throughout Europe. But she says after getting kicked out in 1983, she didn't talk about her military service. Probably for about 20 years, I never even mentioned to anybody that I was in the service, ever. People who were my best friends never knew I served. And, and I think I just tucked it away. And because I tucked it away, even when I had the opportunity um, to petition to upgrade my discharge, I just never did. And, and I still haven't. Johnson is now the president of the San Diego Bar Association, but she says it took years to recover from the trauma of her discharge. She isn't involved in the lawsuit, but says fixing veterans' paperwork is the least the Pentagon can do. It would probably make me feel better about my military service, that the, the government actually did something affirmatively to help me. And so I think it would make a lot of veterans um, feel more satisfied with the military service. The legal team behind the suit says although it welcomes the Pentagon's new initiative regarding these discharges, the department has much more to do before every veteran impacted by its longtime ban receives justice. Andrew Dyer, KPBS News. Starting next week, county judges will accept petitions for care court. The program will allow family members, treatment providers, first responders, and others to petition a judge to set up a voluntary treatment plan. It's for adults living with untreated schizophrenia or other psychotic disorders. 
Officials say participation is voluntary and not forced on people. Chief Deputy Public Defender Richard Gates maintains care court is not a pathway to conservatorship, even if someone refuses services. I think all of the parties agree that care court is a separate, voluntary attempt to engage people at a time when a therapeutic alliance is necessary for the purposes of getting a better outcome, whereas a conservatorship is usually considered to be almost the last possible attempt to protect a person from themselves. Petition applications for Care Court can be found at sdcourt.ca.gov slash careact. The rebuilding of two aging City Heights schools started back in 2017. Now they're connected in an advanced education complex, as reporter M.G. Perez tells us. Central Elementary and Wilson Middle School have been neighbors along Orange Avenue in City Heights since the 1930s. San Diego Unified invested $150 million in school bond money to expand and improve both campuses, now known collectively as the George Walker Smith Education Complex. Smith was the first African-American elected to office in San Diego County when he won a seat on the school board in 1963. Superintendent Lamont Jackson says Smith is an inspiration for generations of City Heights children. He set the path for many of us, and we should not take that lightly. And so I'm honored as a black man, as an educator, to follow in those footsteps. Former superintendent and now U.S. Deputy Secretary of Education Cindy Martin was on hand for the dedication ceremony. She was principal of Central when the dream of a new campus started, with students collecting lucky pennies in a jar. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Coming up, we have details on a new exhibit that dives into the history of the hip-hop scene in San Diego. I tried to get a hold of as many of the old-school guys that I know from the 80s, and from then, you know, the word spread. I wanted to incorporate some of the new and up-and-coming artists, too, and female artists, too. We'll have that and more coming up just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. San Diego researchers say a boost in the number of southern white rhinos living in the wild is a positive sign that conservation is working. Environment reporter Eric Anderson has details. The International Union for the Conservation of Nature and Natural Resources report says the population of the threatened rhinos increased for the first time in a decade. The study found the wild population climbed more than 5.5% over last year, And that happened as poaching continued to be a problem. San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance's Barbara Durant says conservation efforts get the credit. We cannot lose sight of the goal. We can't let our guard down now. Um, These advances are wonderfully encouraging, but they're not the end of the story. Durant is working to revive the nearly extinct northern white rhino species, 
it is a process that could still be years away. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. It's been 50 years since the birth of hip-hop. The genre has created regional scenes and cultural movements across the country, including here in San Diego, where an underground movement can be traced back to the mid-80s through the early 90s. The new Beyond the Elements exhibit at the New Americans Museum pays tribute to that history. It dives into everything that defined those early days of San Diego hip-hop, from graffiti art and clothing to dance crews, and most importantly, it highlights the multicultural and immigrant youth who embrace the movement. The exhibit is curated by graphic designer Mario O.G. Lopez. My colleague Jade Hindman spoke with Lopez and Linda Sotelo, the executive director of the New Americans Museum. Here's that conversation. So Mario, I'm going to start with you. This is actually your first time curating an exhibit. What inspired you to take on this project and put together a tribute to San Diego hip-hop culture? When I first moved here from Mexico, from Tijuana, uh, I was five years old. I met this, my neighbor, which his name is Kenny, and we used to sit down and draw every day. We, I didn't speak English. I was barely learning. We would draw Speed Racer, the Batmobile, Spider-Man, you name it. Hmm. As, as we got older now, in the ninth grade, we had friends that were doing the whole dancing and DJing. And we got into the whole movement of having a breaking crew. And so Kenny became a graffiti artist from there. And he was one of the pioneers of, of graffiti art in San Diego. And, and he wasn't about tagging or nothing. He wanted to make everything beautiful. He says, Mario, what I put on the wall, it's going to be beautiful. And that's where it all started. So yeah. what inspired me to do this show is that he passed away a year and a half ago. And he nobody really told his story. I knew him fairly well. And our other friend, which Zard, which is part of a huge part of the exhibit right now, you know, we came up with the concept of, you know, doing a fundraiser for for his family, you know, for funeral expenses and and then from there, the idea of doing the exhibit came, you know, it's like, I've been always wanting to do it. I mean, we did when we were, I believe in 87, we did one at, in an old standard brand, some paint store. But now this time it was more, let's talk about the history of how and why, you know? Right. So there will be a lot of art, music, and other audiovisual elements from the time period, Mario. Walk us through it. When someone steps into the exhibit for the first time, what will they see and hear? Well, we do have two exhibits. We have two galleries. One is the community gallery, which is more of, of the history of what it is. The way I, I wanted to tell my story was it was from the breakdancing that everything evolved from the music and then it went into the emceeing which is you know the rapping part of it And then taking all this into clothing lines that happen, you know, you have tribal streetwear, you have top to bottom, you have, you know, the wild style technicians. I mean, I'm a screen printer by trade, so I've done t-shirts all my life. And, and it, to me, it's very important because here are my friends that 
that could draw. And I was able to put their images on T-shirts. And now some of them are worldwide. You know, you're talking about, you know, Dice One, you know, all these all these clothing lines have made such an impact. So that's the first gallery. Mm-hmm. The second gallery, as you walk in, now you see the art. It's not street art. It's 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 beautiful aerosol art that's that's on the walls. And it's all San Diego artists. I tried to get a hold of as many of the old school guys that I know from the 80s. And from then, you know, the word spread. I wanted to incorporate some of the new and up and coming artists, too. And female artists, too. I mean... Linda, a lot of the programming at the New Americans Museum actually centers on the voices and experiences of immigrants. Can you talk more about the museum's mission and how this exhibit aligns with that? Well, you know, we've been presenting storytelling experiences for over 12 years. And for us, it's really about bringing communities together and giving voice to voices that haven't been heard or or been part of the mainstream storytelling. And, you know, at the end of the day, these stories have a connection and a human element that all of us can relate to. So over this course of all these years, we've given space and time to to stories that haven't been heard and and stories that can take the form of uh, installations uh, in our galleries or uh, can be all kinds of different visual and expressive arts. It can be spoken word. We have a collection of oral histories, an archive, a uh, first generation, second, third generation, multi-generational immigrants as part of the American narrative, not just as a another hyphenated group in a community. Um, so for us, an exhibit like this one speaks to the connection between generations. I'm a kid of the 80s too. And on a personal level, for me, it was the introduction to an entire new cultural movement that was happening at the time and its evolution that gave space for many of us that either didn't have the means to to do other things, but we could certainly listen to the radio and listen to something very unique and be a part of it creatively. And this particular type of, of exhibit, Beyond the Elements, with everything that our curator Mario G. Lopez has shared including the ongoing legacy of this, not only in the artists, but also in how it's inspired other generations to mm-hmm. continue doing this or learn from it or become graphic artists or become you know, graffiti artists or performers or rappers or spoken word artists or a whole plethora of different disciplines that have emerged from this are inspirational to us. That was Linda Sotelo, the executive director for the New Americans Museum, and Mario O.G. Lopez, the curator of Beyond the Elements exhibit. The exhibit opens to the public tomorrow and runs through December 31st. The museum is located in Liberty Station. That's going to wrap up the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news on our website, kpbs.org. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow for the day's top stories. Plus, a fellow KPBSer joins me to talk about all the fall events happening across the county. I'm Matt Hoffman. Thanks for being here with us. We'll catch you tomorrow. Have a great Thursday. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, 
healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.